fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. If you're going to ask me, so you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week. 30 years in the making. It's the 30-something movie podcast. I was going to do that in an Australian accent, and then I realized we don't want to lose Australian listeners. (laughs) Or any other listeners, for that matter. You guys can pull off the accents. Mine just... I can't do that, man. You guys can do the accents. I was I was going to ask you to do your best Australian accent, and then after you were done, I'd be like, that's a great Sean Connery. Nice job. Yeah. I'm <laughs> telling you, man, go back to the hunt for Red October. There is like, man, there's a goose egg in there, and it's just like <laughs> you guys have these excellent Sean Connerys, and then it's sort of like, then I go with mine, and it just gets silent. It's like, uh-oh, <laughs> crickets. And then suddenly. Mm-hmm. Oh, money penny. That's right. Tell me, money penny. <laughs> Why don't we undo that bow and get to know you? All right. Well, we're not talking James Bond this time around. Uh, we're not even talking the Hunt for Red House. We're not even talking Sean Connery. We are. We're going to the land down under. And with Mr. I, Tom Selleck. With Mr. Tom Selleck, yeah. you know the 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 ultimate example of an Australian actor. Yes. <laughs> But he's not playing Australian. That's true. That's true. I mean, that's I good. Mean, no. In in terms of that, there's no cultural appropriation. So. Yes. I, I, I used a big word. I'm sorry. Yes. It's, no. I it's, was. It's, I was no, like, it's, okay. It's, I'm, I I want to make sure I'm not going to step into a trap here. No. 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 It's it's late at night. I'm using big words. I don't even don't even know why I did that. <laughs> not sure why I did that. I'm sorry, you'll have to pe- repeat that again. We're but simple pirates and not understanding. Mm-hmm. I love well, that. inclined to acquiesce to your request. Yes. What a great, that, that was a good movie. Is that, I can't wait till we get to that one. Yeah, man. You know what I realized yesterday? Yesterday is coming up in like only two years. What's that? Reservoir Dogs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Yeah, Reservoir Dogs is ni- is 92, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I remember when I saw that in college. I had a buddy that lived in the dorms and he saw all these great movies and he's like, "You've never seen this? You got to come check it out." I mean, yeah, I saw I saw Reservoir Dogs and like whole new worlds opened up after watching <laughs> that thing. I was just like, "What is going on in the world?" Trying to make some sense of it all. <laughs> God. That was, um, I, don't, I think it might have been the um, Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast guys had posted something up on Facebook and Jeff had responded to it and it was, what's your favorite line? I think it was like, what's your favorite line from Reservoir Dogs? What's your favorite quote? Um, and Jeff got the one right away that I always think of. And that's the one, um, you know, you you shoot me in a dream, you better wake up and apologize. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mine I mentioned was the entire scene where they talk about tipping. Yeah. Because I, <laughs> I have an I have an elderly relative who is completely against the idea of tipping. Yeah. Like completely to, always says, you know what? When I used to work a service job, nobody ever tipped me. And I was like, well, that's because you owned a shoe store. People don't yeah. tend to tip people that work at shoe stores. It's just not one of those. It's yeah. different, you know, and, and the way you got paid is probably very different than the way a waiter or waitress gets paid. So that apples and oranges, apples and oranges, but no, completely against tipping at all. So oftentimes if we were to go out with this family member, I would try to like tip the amount that that person should have tipped. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes they'd get angry at me. They're like, why did you tip that much? They're like, well, because you didn't. Well, then that defeats the purpose. Like, no, it doesn't. Yep. I, I'm trying to defeat your purpose because your purpose is wrong. That's right. But yeah, no, that, that whole tipping. So that whole tipping conversation is hilarious to me because I picture having most of that conversation, not all of it, having most of that conversation with my elderly relative. Mm-hmm. That's Un- awesome. Until we get to the end and there's the whole part about, well, I, I'd tip above t- 12% for that. Do you discuss Madonna too? Uh, no. No. <laughs> All I remember is like, two years ago when Dennis watched that with his kids. Maybe it was a year ago. Yes. And, and he's just like, yeah, I came back, John. And boy, I don't think that was appropriate for the kids. And you were like, what? You watched that with no. your No. <laughs> here's, here's the best part is I think he bumped at that whole conversation in the language. Now, the next hour and a half of gratuitous violence he was okay. Like, and I tease him right. about it. Like if he was here, I tease him about it, too, you yeah. know, but it was, but he's like, yeah, I don't know about that. I'm like, dude, there was like, you know, gasoline and ears and, and a lot we of. We are, as a country, I feel we are desensitized to violence. Oh yeah. Shut up, Bo. <laughs> and I wonder, I wonder if he like, which I, I would jokingly say, I know he knows the movie, but I would jokingly say like, what did he, do you think it was like a dog's life or something like that? You know, some like kids movie. Oh, reservoir. Oh, it's playing around a reservoir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's cute. It's like the seventh sequel to the incredible journey. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know, but he was, uh, he came back that next day and his eyes were big and he's just like, well, I, I don't remember all that. I'm like, <laughs> See what happens when you don't show up, Dennis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe so. Did you, did you watch the, movie the whole first thing? Or? No, I ended up turning it off. We watched. Uh, we watched. Um, uh, not zombie. What's the What's the one with the zombies in the TV show? Uh, Walking Dead. Walking Dead. He's like yeah, yeah. That, that movie Reservoir Dogs was too much. We just went back and watched Walking Dead. <laughs> All right. Then. All right. There you go. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he stopped and switched over to quickly down under. Mm-hmm. Quickly down under. A little, little house on the prairie. A little yeah. transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, we are the 30 something movie podcast. And this time around we are, this is our, we're calling it our tribute to Australia month because the year was 2019. It was back when life was worth living. And I never thought that dreams would die. I'm going to start going into the whole lame is thing. If I'm not careful. Um, <laughs> I'll sing the song. Don't think I won't. But um, when I was putting this whole thing together for this year and, and trying to group things into different categories for the months, sometimes, as we've noticed, the categories can get to be a teensy bit of a stretch. So I, I did happen to find that we had two movies that were both called Something Down Under. 
So I was like, mm-hmm. well, those have to go together. Like we don't have a choice. And then I saw that we had one other movie that was for this year that was called men at work. So I was like, okay, well clearly we've got three weeks worth of, you know, we can get two of those that are actually about Australia. And then the other one, we can jokingly throw that in there because men at work. Right. Um, so this is our tribute to Australia month. So that is, that is the reasoning behind our movies. Uh, for this month, we do have Quigley Down Under. Then to, uh, next week, we've got Rescuers Down Under. And then we're going to follow that up with Men at Work, which has absolutely nothing to do, as far as I know, has nothing to do with Australia whatsoever. It is so fun. <laughs> I love so. that movie. I am so excited. Good. Good. I can't wait to see it. I've never seen it. Oh, you're going to love You have to go in in the right mindset. Oh, I can get into it. I can get into the right mindset. It is not a serious film. Yeah, I, it's it has been so that, long. Good. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. I don't remember much of it, so oh. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it again. So, but this time around, our movie is Quigley Down Under. Uh, very quickly. We spoil the movies that we talk about, so be warned. This is your warning. Uh, visit our website, 30podcast.com, where you can rate, leave a voicemail, become a co-executive producer via Patreon. Uh, we already have a few Patreon patrons, and um, this will be slightly old news by the time this episode comes out. But uh, coming up very soon, we're going to have a guest host on our show because one of our patrons, uh, Podrick from Ireland actually upped his pledge uh, per month oh, to a higher amount. Really? So he's going to be joining us. Wow. Um, so I did, uh, I did let him know. I said, well, we're going to figure out a good way to, um, to deal with the time difference between uh, America and Ireland so that, um, you know, we're, we're not asking you to record at like two in the morning or we're not recording at two in the morning. So uh, we'll figure out something, but I'm, I'm kind of yeah. coordinate, coordinating with him so that we can, uh, we can get him on here. So, that's super cool. So that'll be very, very cool. Really cool. And I don't know what to say. Thanks, man, for throwing in and yeah, help. right on. Yeah. That's very humbling. Thank yeah. you. So um, and we've got a couple. If you haven't, if you're listening to this and and, you know, you're with us week in, week out and you want to get your hands on some of those bonus episodes that we've got, we have started creating a monthly members only bonus episode that you can only get if you are a, a Patreon patron at any level. Um, you will be able to get that bonus episode every month. So we've got at this point so far, we've gotten, uh, we've got two that are out there. Uh, we've got Brewster's millions was our October one. And then this month, November coming up, I think that one's probably getting released here in just a couple of weeks. Um, we have the empire strikes back 40th anniversary. So we probably spent about 17 hours recording that one. So it was, uh, it was a, a night well spent. Um, but, uh, that one is the one that's gonna be coming out in November. So if you want to get your hands on those, um, go on ahead, go over to our website, 30 podcast.com, uh, join us on Patreon, become a co-executive producer of the show. And then you'll have access to those bonus episodes that come out once a month. And then depending at what level, um, you know, you, you support us at, then you also get the option to maybe pick a movie for us to talk about as well. So we have one of the, one of the tiers is called the listener's choice. And then you can pick a movie for us to talk about from within our year. So. Uh, yeah, head on over there, check that out if you want to be a part of that. And, uh, I think that's all I got in terms of kind of our business side of things here. Um, this is the first week of the month and the first week of the month, we always head, we jump into the DeLorean and we head back to this month in 1990. So really, really quickly this month in 90, November, 1990, uh, some of the top news articles, uh, November 10th, the John Hughes film home alone directed by Chris Columbus starring Macaulay Culkin premieres in Chicago. November 15th, producers confirmed that Millie Vanilli didn't sing on their album. Hmm. 
Shocking. November 22nd, Margaret Thatcher announces her resignation as British Prime Minister. And I might have just lost all of the British listeners that we have. And yeah, then it's a possibility. It's, it's yeah. Um, and then November 26th, the very first uh, Billboard Music Awards, MC Hammer and Janet Jackson were winners at the first Billboard Music Awards. Uh, hmm. Deaths that year, uh, we had um, November 23rd was Roald Dahl, the British author who wrote Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and the BFG. He died at age 74 on November 23rd. Um, Pat, I figured you'd know this one on November 25th, Bill Vukovic. Yeah. Indy 500 driver dies in a crash at age 27. Yeah. In 1990. Uh, top books this, uh, this month. Let's see the planes of passage by, is it, I might be Gene M all might be saying that wrong. Uh, top movies were Jacob's ladder child's play two and home alone. And the top songs were ice, ice baby by vanilla ice and love takes time by Mariah Carey. I knew somebody was going to do that. Yo, stop. Right, listen. Thank you. Yeah, that's about all I remember. <laughs> Which that uh, that that uh, that beat there, that do 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 do, that was from, under that, pressure. Under pressure. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it's called sampling, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Until you get sued for it, and then it's something else. Yeah. Yeah. It's always there's Spe- always something. <laughs> Speaking of men at work. Um, We'll talk about that later. Um, I was in that song. I can probably keep going until I get, until I get to the line um, where he references a pound of bacon. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of get stuck and I'm like, mm, mm, bacon. bacon. Oh. <laughs> We want to keep it professional here, so to a certain degree. All right, so the witches. Yeah, the updated version of the witches, which we did, I feel like less than a month ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, mirrored on HBO Max. Okay, I saw some interviews today, and it looks quite good. Um, yeah, it looks it looks like a fun updating of it. I, I wasn't too yeah. sure about what to think of it, but um, just the little clips that I've seen, I haven't watched it yet. Um, but the little clips I've seen, it looks pretty good. I would agree. New uh, Sasha Baron Cohen movie is out, also on streaming. Oh, yeah, Borat 2. Mm-hmm. Yep. My name is Borat. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> um, also heard good things. A lot of, how do I say this and not sound judgy? Scandals? Oh, no, I was just going to say a lot of serious actors have come out and talked oh. about what a genius this man is. Okay, yeah. Um, people who you wouldn't associate with that type of film. I mean, Gal Gadot of all people posted on some social media somewhere. Oh, really? Uh-huh. What a genius this man is. Yeah. So I'm in, I'm I'm excited for it. Yeah. I I will admit I've never even seen the first one. Oh. I got I got so turned off by the my first year teaching was around about when that came out. I, I'm I'm mm-hmm. guessing that one probably came out in 2007. Sounds right. Okay. 2006, 2007. Yeah. Because yeah. my first year teaching up here was 2006. Uh, fall of 2006 is when I started up here. And all I remember is that first year teaching was just a nonstop chorus of very nice. Very nice. How much? <laughs> shut up. I need you all to just yeah. shut up. <laughs> yeah. I was guilty of that. No more Borat quotes. <laughs> 
Well, and Dennis talked about that too. And Dennis brought up a good point. Cause I remember when that was going around the school and he, it would drive him nuts because he's like, you're not old enough to get it. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. Your parents will let you go see it, but you go see something like that. And then all you get is the superficial kind of, you don't get the art. You don't get what he's doing. Wait sure. later when you're old. Like I, I remember that was kind of a thing, you know, mm-hmm. just like how many times do we watch a movie and we go, wow. Seeing it as a 40 year old man, a little <laughs> different than when I saw it as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. I think that's the beauty of, of movies and film and, and art in a lot of ways. You experience it differently through your lens at the time. And getting a second go at a movie when you're older with a more, I hate to use the word evolved to describe us, but hey. <laughs> I, hey, I'll be curious when we when we're in our fifties and we're covering uh, the South Park movie. Mm-hmm. I help that movie. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I'm just gonna say some of us will be able to, you know, the the fifties. Maybe John, we want to kick that out a little bit. Some of us, <laughs> some of us might be able to give you that perspective well, sooner rather than later. No, that, that's that's true. That's true. I just all of a sudden I started doing the math. I'm like, mm. okay, I don't think that's necessary like oh wait a minute <laughs> how much older of how much older than me are you not that much okay not that much okay i mean I'm not, we're still not, the old one right we're not talking dennis levels of old <laughs> no no okay. definitely not just check just make no. it sure. no i mean if we get to that point i'd you know dennis is going to be like you know in grand torino <laughs> get off my lawn kind of mode there right right He's already halfway uh, there so you know <laughs> South hey, well, Park. I don't want. I don't want to talk about this. He's going to be like grumpy Harrison Ford. <sighs> Look, kid. I don't want to talk about the South Park movie. That that's the Too that's many. the excuse that I I still give myself is he's 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 had more years so that's why I can't catch him when we're racing mile repeats. He's he's had more years to train. That's, that's what it. just that's that's the excuse I'm giving myself. You know. I I just go with longer legs. <laughs> <laughs> Although that that sometimes we well there's 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 stories where that kind of played against him a couple of times. Ah. <laughs> there was some there were some races that we'd go to and they it was like an extreme challenge with obstacles with the kids and there was a coach's race and there was a situation where he would just I just and it was a short sprint so I mean I just was barely hanging on then we got to the bounce house and there was a tunnel you had to crawl through and luckily I'm only half his size so you know he got stuck in the tunnel and I popped right out in bed. He's, oh, always got to play to your strengths. Yeah. Um, well, this has been another segment of making fun of Dennis's age brought to you by Ben Gay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'll tell you, I'm not, I'm not making Love fun you Dennis. Definitely. We, we, I, but we I'm do. not miss you. We do. I, I'm, not, I'm not making fun of the speed. No, that that's legit, man. I'm still chasing oh, that yeah. guy trying to catch him on the mile repeats, but Hey, um, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say this. John and I are still at the starting line and you guys are on the second lap. So let's, you know, Hey, Hey, you know, we all do what we do. Oh, uh, I, I applaud you for being at the starting line. I'm at the concession stand. Oh, I brought my cocktail to the starting oh, line. Oh, did you? <laughs> okay. You just wanted to have a good seat. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like being at the horse race. You want to be at the line. So when they come in, you can see it. Okay. I basically, I'm at the concession stand stuffing pretzels in my mouth. Through, I'll be there in just a minute. Oh, hold on. <laughs> On my way. <laughs> They're uh, not on the last lap yet. I'll be there soon. Right. Hey, uh, the, the, the last, of- like the last three minutes is the only thing you need to watch in this whole thing. It's like a basketball game. It's the last two minutes. Are the only thing that matters. 
Oh man. Oh man. Hey, um, real quick, uh, speaking of racing, jumping back to the news, you mentioned that Bill Vukovic died in 1990 and that for a second, it was like, you know, that doesn't like at 27, that didn't seem right. That was Bill Vukovic. The third, he was a third generation race car driver. Um, and I, and I, I, and, and it's like, I'm not an expert on it too. I mean, I knew the name and all that because his grandpa, like, I remember that name from like, you know, racing glory in the fifties. But what kind of threw me is I think his grandpa died at the racetrack too. Oh, did he really? I don't think, and now his dad was a racer as well. I don't know if his dad passed while racing, but kind of a, kind of a tragic story because you're right. He was young and he really didn't, uh, the Bill Vukovic, the third, but, uh, kind of a little bit of a tragedy around the racetracks with that, with that family. So, yeah, actually I looked it up here real quick on Wikipedia. Um, Bill Vukovic, if this is the, yeah, Bill Vukovic senior died age 36 at the Indianapolis motor speedway. Yeah. Um, and then did Bill Vukovic the second also die? Not, not to my knowledge. Okay. Again, I'm not an expert. Like I said, I, the only reason I just had to look it up was because I knew there was a Bill Vukovic, like back in the fifties, mm-hmm. you know, back in the mm-hmm. day, but yeah. And then I think his son, his grandson there, I think he died at a different, I don't know. Did he, if he, if he, if he perished at Indy or if it was a different racetrack now, or according to, I found it real fast here on Wikipedia. It says Vukovic the third died on November 25th, 1990 in a crash during practice for a CRA race at Mesa Marin raceway in Bakersfield, California. Okay. So got it. So sad. Yeah. But, um, yeah, especially when you think of like the family like that, you know, that's right. just, yeah. a, right. So anyways, I, I didn't mean to be the, be a downer with that whole thing, but no, I, I appreciate the Pat splaining. Oh, see, I tried to avoid. I didn't mean to. <laughs> you don't need to. No, if you're if you're correcting something. <laughs> I would say when you're right, you're right. And right. you, well, you're right. Yeah, you're right. When you're right, you're right. And you, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. No, you're, you're good. You're good. Uh, to quote the Australians, no worries. No, no worries. worries. No worries. Mate. No worries, mate. All right. Um, all right. Well, that's probably all we got in terms of news and this month in 90. I don't think any of us are going to try to sing Ice Ice Baby anymore. Um, really thought about it. Really thought about it. Um, all right. I want to. I'm just trying to be cognizant of the fans' wishes. Okay. The, the fact that go we would ninja, like people to keep ninja. listening to us. and That's, that's okay. part of it, yes. Ninja, yeah. go. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Now oh, see, wait, that's, that's too. That that I, that's coming that up. Too. Okay, so yeah, so I, I will tell you this: I probably stayed up a little bit later than I should have last night because I realized, oh lord, it's almost November. Well, for people listening, it is November, um, and I realized, wait a minute, uh, we got to start getting ready for some 1991 stuff here pretty soon. So I did stay up last night and I took our, our list of what we voted on for the 91 movies. And we had some listeners Uh that voted on 91 movies Uh and and I believe I have the final, and I think I've also grouped them into their months and and themes and whatnot. So I I think the schedule for 91 is probably set. So we, we got some, we got some good stuff in there and we got, uh, and and I threw in some uh, I threw in a couple of dark horses as well just for fun. Really? But uh, did you did you already pick the, the members only episodes or is that a later process? No, I, I will kind of do that later. 
and kind of kind of do that as we go along a little bit. Um, I might just do some of those like a couple months ahead of time because uh, right with those we can do pretty much whatever we want. So we can pull right, from. I'm just curious more than anything. Yeah. Um, so if it, before we get into the quickly down under stuff, if anybody is interested, let me actually pull that up real fast, and then I can give people a sense of uh, of what we got going on here. Um, so I'll, I'll just rattle off some of the movies that we got coming up next year, and, and I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you gentlemen and the uh, listeners at home gush over the fun that we're going to be having next year. Um, so let's see. I've got, I had to do this, Pat, because I know you waited so long to talk about Batman when we got to 89 um, okay. and it got to 91. And I was like, what's the first movie we're doing right out of the gate? The Rocketeer. Yeah. So, do you not read the papers? <laughs> nice. I've, I've been busy. Um, so, Pat, I, I don't have a choice anymore um, because in the month of January, uh, I, I'm not going to read off all the movies here, but in the month of January, we've got The Rocketeer, followed by Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, followed by Backdraft. So nice. I, I, have, Backdraft. I have no choice. I have to watch Backdraft before the middle of January. Yes. Okay. No. So we'll be able to talk about that. So we'll be able to talk that, about it. Yeah. And then I finally can go back to when the pandemic started and I can explain the reference. Right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> We're going to be laughing about that. John, you remember like when let's say that pandemic started, not this pandemic started. Mm -hmm. We'll say that pandemic started. It's going to be like, you know what it's going to be? If somebody's filming it, it was going to be like the end of usual suspects. Yes. I'm going to watch backdraft and all of a sudden I'm going to be like, wait a minute. Did the pandemic ever really exist? That's right. The That's right. The, the pandemic is Kaiser oh. Sose. That's right. Um, so then we've also got, let's see, coming up uh, over the next few months in 91, uh, we've got Father of the Bride, um, uh -huh. got the Adams Family, King Ralph, um, uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, uh, Hook, <laughs> Bangarang, um, Bang we got Doc Hollywood, we got L.A. Story, we've got... Uh, JFK. I'm particularly proud of this one. The month of May is titled Shots Fired Month, and it's Ricochet, JFK, Naked Gun, Two and a Half, Hot Shots, and Toy Soldiers. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of happy with how that one got grouped together. Toy Soldiers. Uh, we got Boys in the Hood. We got The Last Boy Scout, Point Break. Oh, The Last Boy Scout. Better mm -hmm. gut. Yep. Uh, we got My Girl, Thelma and Louise. We got Terminator 2. Oh, so here's one. August of next year is Time and Space Month. Mm -hmm. Pat, are you sitting down? I, I'm sitting down. I'm going to hold on. Okay, hold on, Pat. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Oh, man. <laughs> you could just stop there. Followed by Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Oh, Followed wow. by Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Oh, Followed nice. by Suburban Commando. I would. It's a nice place to live, <laughs> but I wouldn't want to visit. Mm -mm. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Uh, let's see what else we got. We got Jungle Fever, White Fang, Beauty and the Beast, um, Silence <laughs> of the Lambs, Sleeping with the Enemy, uh, Defending Your Life. What about Bob? Defending Your Life. Uh, the Fisher King. I, Defending Your Life was one of those movies where for a very long time, I remembered seeing that movie when I was a kid 
And then I kept trying to remember, like something would, something would always come up and I'd be like, what is that movie where the guy is dead and he's got a, like, I can't remember what the name of that movie is. And this is before I knew what IMDB was and, you know, had the ability to search and all that stuff. And, and then I came across it, uh, probably a couple of years ago. And I was like, that was that movie. I love that movie. Yeah. I have not seen it in a very long time, but I remember watching it several times as a kid. Um, and so then we end the year, our final movie of 1991, when we get to the end of December will be city slickers. <laughs> so we'll, hello. No, I mean, we, we, no, we, hello. Hello. <laughs> we hello. start with, we start with the rocketeer. We end with city slickers. So it's going to be a good year. Yes, it is. So, a very good year. Some of the other ones that we might possibly throw in for, uh, so if anybody is interested in, in becoming a co-executive producer and getting these bonus episodes, um, some of the other milestones that we might possibly throw in there as some of our bonus episodes, um, I, I think you guys are on this page too. You could probably see it. Um, down towards the bottom, I've got milestone movies. So is what movies planning are- planning ahead one? Uh, yeah, it's the planning ahead. It's the uh, monthly themes. And then, um, down at the bottom of the page, I've got movies that are hitting their 80th anniversary, their 70th anniversary, their 60th anniversary, 50th and 40th. Um, and there is, we do like, uh, I know we haven't really done this yet, but we could do a couple of these. Actually, we could try to do a double. Yeah. Do the old one and the new one, like or Willy Wonka Mm -hmm. or the Wolfman. Yeah, Ash to the Titans. Yeah, mm. yeah. A couple that have been redone. We try to do like a a thing. Yeah, hundred one Dalmatians. Didn't they re- remake yep. that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, wasn't it Glenn Close played Cruella? Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, those two. We've got some of those milestones that are like 1941. We got Citizen Kane, Dumbo, the Maltese Falcon, the Wolfman. Um, the Maltese Falcon. <laughs> You got 70 years uh, next year will be Alice in Wonderland, Streetcar Named Desire, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Uh, 60 years next year will be Breakfast at Tiffany's, Yojimbo, West Side Story, 101 Dalmatians. Uh, 50 years. So this is this is where it starts driving me nuts. 50 years will be A Clockwork Orange, Willy Wonka, uh, Dirty Harry, The French Connection, uh, Duel, THX1138. And then 40 years will be Raiders of the Lost Ark, Evil Dead, Escape from New York, Stripes, Clash of the Titans, Great Muppet Caper. So plenty, plenty of good stuff. But that's kind of so like if you're if you're looking ahead, um, that is that's our list for next year. And uh, I'll post that up somewhere, you know, probably within the next month or so. uh, Just so if you want to start watching some of these ahead and trying to track down these movies, then uh, you'll have a chance to go do that. and You can kind of follow along with us because some of these may be a little tougher to find. So. Um, that'll give you, that'll give you some time if you want to follow along with us. And again, like I said, if you want to join us on Patreon as a co-executive producer, then you'd get access to those bonus episodes that we're going to put out once a month. And you might even be able to, depending on what level you support us at, you might be able to tell us what to do, uh, for some of those bonus episodes or an extra episode here and there. So that's what we got. I'm excited for 91. I say that for every year, but (laughs) I don't really care. I think the closer we get to our teenage years yeah more excited i get because i feel like you know you started to be able to go see movies on your own and Mm -hmm. they were movies that you chose and right or or movies that you saw with friends with no adult supervision so Mm -hmm. there's more memories involved in some of these yeah 
I, I'm totally, I'm totally with you because like city slickers, when that came out and you remember Billy Crystal was hosting, uh, Everything yeah. hosting, yeah, everything, and you remember he and Jack Palance and With the one arm push up and the whole deal, yeah. <laughs> and see, and even the Oscars, I remember that there were all sorts of like there were neat, like lifetime achievement and montages that they would put on during the Oscars to just celebrate that would stick out in my mind. Maybe it's the same now, like I can't say it for certain, but like I remember watching the Oscars and thinking, oh, well, this is what the Oscars is always like. And then Billy Crystal wasn't hosting anymore. And it wasn't always like that. But oh. I mean, was, oh, this is what the Oscars are actually like. <laughs> yeah. And, and, but it was like, I know exactly what you're saying because it's, it's like, you know, Sky Knight becomes self aware. Pat became self aware of the movies at that point. So, all right. Well, our movie this time around is Quigley Down Under. It came out on the 19th of October, 1990, rated PG-13, with a runtime of one hour and 59 minutes, uh, directed by Simon Winsor, who also did Lonesome Dove and The Phantom. Producer on this one was Stanley O'Toole, who died in 2004, and Alexandra Rose. O'Toole also produced Enemy Mine and Outland. Rose also produced Overboard and Frankie and Johnny. Writer on this one is John Hill, who also did uh, Thunder in Paradise and was a writer and producer on Quantum Leap and L.A. Law. Uh, cinematography done by David Egby, who also did Mad Max and Pitch Black. Music by Basil Polidorus, who died in 2006, who also did the music for Conan the Barbarian, Robocop, and The Hunt for Red October. Budget for this one was 18 million. Box office was 21.4 million. Flick Metrics, which combines Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, Letterboxd, um, gives it a 65%, but CinemaScore gives it an A-. Um, and again, cinema score, if you're not familiar with that one, that is where people are actually surveyed as they leave the movie. So that is a kind of a measure of how people felt immediately after seeing the movie. Starring Tom Selleck as Matthew Quigley. He was in Blue Bloods, Magnum P.I. and Three Men and a Baby. Uh, Laura San Giacomo played Crazy Cora. She was in Pretty Woman and Sex, Lies and Videotape. Pat loved that movie. Don't you remember Sex, Lies and Videotape? You love that one, Pat. I'm uh, yeah. Yeah, it was good. That was your favorite one, wasn't it? Oh, it was good. It's one of them. Upstanding lifestyle. And I just, I, I modeled my whole life off of, you know, the depictions I saw in, in sex lies and videotapes. Good. I'm, I'm glad we could, I'm glad we could, you know, isn't cha- that the change weird your one life where the in some dude way. from Stargate was filming people? That's one way to put it. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I didn't, I didn't get it, John. The I'm Egyptian, sorry. the Egyptian aliens were curious. That's why he was doing it. I'm just, you know what? It's sort of like when Treebeard is talking to the hobbits. Mm-hmm. You don't seem to understand, but after all, you are very small. And that's just me. I'm just very small. I just, I just don't get it. God, I feel like I said that to my kids three times tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you don't I, seem to understand, but after all, you are very small. Now go to bed. I'm not one of your kids. Am I John? Uh, no. Okay. No, but, uh, in any event, yes, I we I think the train just came off the rails. But I, uh, yeah, needless to say, I don't think that movie. I don't think I was the target audience for that movie. I'm just yeah. saying. Nah, that's all right. That's all right. Um, and then Alan Rickman was also in this one. He died in 2016. He played uh-huh. Elliot Marston. He was in Die Hard and the Harry Potter movies. Uh, it was also in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Great, great villain. We'll talk more about that. But you know, really good villain. 
Chris Haywood played Major Ashley Pitt, uh, who was in Muriel's Wedding and Kiss or Kill. Ron Hadrick, who died in 2020, played Grimmelman. He was in Water Rats and The Lost Islands. Tony Bonner played Dobkin. He was in The Man from Snowy River and Liquid Bridge. Jerome Ellers, who died in 2014, played Coogan. He was in The Marine and Ned Kelly. Roger Ward, who played Brophy, was in Mad Max and Bad Behavior. And Ben Mendelsohn, uh, who played O'Flynn, was in Rogue One and Ready Player One. Matthew Quigley, played by Tom Selleck, is an American rifleman who travels to the Australian outback to answer a help-wanted ad calling for a sharpshooter. When Quigley meets his employer, Elliot Marston, played by Alan Rickman, he's appalled to discover the job involves killing aborigines. Uh, the two men fight, and when Quigley is knocked out, Marston leaves him and a local crazy woman, played, Laura, played by Laura San Giacomo, to die in a remote part of the outback. They are rescued, however, by aborigines and plot their revenge. Here is the trailer, and we'll be back in just a moment. All Matthew Quigley did was answer a help wanted ad. But a few surprises were waiting for Quigley down under. There was no mention of his friendly co-workers. Is everybody in this country as butt ugly as you three? Or that he'd get an assistant. Look out, Nothing about the transportation problem. Are we lost? Nope. I know exactly where we are. We're lost. The unusual local inhabitants. The extraordinary cuisine. I don't eat things that are still moving. You gonna shoot it first? Or the extra duties. You can take me if you want to, Roy. Kid, next time she talks like that, go all over the dress. Worst of all, his employer turned out to be somewhat moody. You could call it that. But Quigley's about to teach him a lesson in labor relations. That man knocks me out of my own house. Don't worry, Roy. Everything's gonna turn out just fine. Sorry, Roy. My name ain't Roy. It's Matthew. Quigley. Quigley is really beginning to annoy me. Tom Selleck, Laura San Giacomo, Alan Rickman, from the director of the Emmy Award-winning Lonesome Dove, Quigley, Down Under. Now, um, I will go ahead and start off by saying I'd never seen this one before. So this was a first-time viewing for me. Had either of you guys seen this one? Nope. No. No. Okay. All right. So brand new one for all of us. Um, so when you, so I can't ask you like, how did you feel when you saw this was on the list? So let me ask it to you this way. Um, now that you've seen it, what'd you think of this? Give me like a one word or a short phrase and then we'll dig into it a little bit further. Strange. Strange. Okay. I like Westerns. Sigh. Ah, fun. <laughs> I guess that was my reaction. I kind of figured that would be yours. Okay. You, John, what was your, um, yeah. I, my reaction is going to be cotton candy. Hmm. Ooh. I'm going to go, I'm going to go metaphorical here. Let's say cotton candy. Speaking of a nuanced position, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so let's explain our, our words or phrases here, uh, just a little bit, and then we'll, we'll kind of dig into the the plot of the movie a little bit too, and then talk about some of the characters and, 
and uh, all the other good stuff. Um, so what do I mean by cotton candy? Um, yeah. Actually, you know what? I don't know that I'm going to go first. Go first. Okay. Should I go first? I don't want to ruin it for yeah, anybody else. Okay, yeah, I'll go first. Go first. That, that's true. That's true. All right. So cotton candy. What I mean by cotton candy is uh, my wife and I love a good Western. Like we love Western, but that's the one, you know, we always used to watch uh, tombstone was, uh, was her birthday movie every year. Um, you know, and, and then all those other really good, like unforgiven, uh, the magnificent seven, you know, I'll three ten to you. I love a good, love a good Western movie. Um, this one in terms of a Western movie, like it, it had the fun characters. It had, you know, the, the sharpshooter with the, you know, the, the rifle skills and had the, had the really good villain, um, you know, kind of the, the surroundings were perfect for, for a good Western movie. Um, you know, take it out of the American context of an Australian Western, um, you know, a couple things slightly different, you know, different enough to let you know that this wasn't an American Western, um, you know, not, not overtly, I don't think I would say it's overtly Australian, um, but, you know, enough. I mean, it did have the, the Aborigines featured in it, but then I'll go into that a little bit later. I, I kind of wish that piece of the movie had been featured a little bit more because um, it seemed like they were going that direction. But I'm not sure I felt like they went as far as I thought they were going to with that piece of it. Um, the reason I say cotton candy is because I don't think there was much of a story. Like I, I didn't get too much of a story. The story, I, my wife and I, several times, we kind of like looked at each other and we're like, do you remember what's going on in this movie? Not really. <laughs> and I think that's where I got strange. Okay. I, I, I felt disconnected a few times. Yeah. So that, I almost felt like we were watching a couple of different episodes of a TV show. So that's why I say cotton candy. Wiggly because arrives it's, in Australia. Yes. Wiggly meets the boss and gets his assignment. Yeah. Wiggly gets beat up and rides through the outback with Crazy Lady. Yeah. Like episode one, episode two, episode, mm-hmm. you know, it was very funky. Well, and that's why that's why I say cotton candy, because it's pretty on the outside, um, kind of airy and, and not a whole lot going on on the inside. So, sure. yeah. But I mean, that's I mean, that's kind of the extent of my criticism. I thought the characters were fun. I, it did. I mean, it did seem. And I don't know that I necessarily want to say that this is kind of a result of a, I don't want this to come out the wrong way. Sometimes with a non-American production, they tend to end up looking a little bit more like a TV movie than they do a, a Hollywood film Mm. production value wise, you know, and there were several things about this one, either the way the directing was done. um, Well, and, and the fact that it, I mean, it was directed by the same director as Lonesome Dove, um, it felt a little bit more like it should have been a miniseries as a, it had that kind of TV movie. It had that kind of TV movie quality to it. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I, I don't want to be dogging on the movie too much, but I mean, I think that was a big knock on it for me was I just, I don't know that I could completely tell you other than him answering this ad for a sharpshooter and the sharpshooter had something to do with driving the Aborigines off the wealthy guy's land. Other than that, and the little moments with the characters and things like that, I, I don't know that I could tell you what the overall story of it was. I mean, I know the the synopsis that I read talks about them, you know, getting thrown out in the desert and then they're plotting their revenge. But even that, I'm like, I, I don't know. I mean, it's not a revenge movie, so but it's also not a. It starts out like it wants to be. I don't know. You can call it like a 
social justice movie related to the Aborigines and kind of what their plight is. And, but it doesn't really take that very far either. So I, I don't know. And that's, and I don't want to be super negative on it because it was, it was a fun movie, but it just, to me, it just did not have a lot of substance to it. And there were some things that I kind of wish they had taken a little bit further. So that's my take on it. I didn't, not that I, I didn't dislike it. I just, I didn't know what the story was. So it's not one that's necessarily going to linger for me. Mm-hmm. So that's I my, think I could, that's my I initial think I take. I can agree with all of that. The, okay. the movie of the week feel the whole thing. Yeah. I, 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 did, I didn't bring, didn't mean to bring you down, Pat. <laughs> no, you didn't. Okay. I, and it's funny because it's like, I hear everything you're saying, but for me, it, that just kind of worked. I could yeah. just turn it on, watch it, enjoy it. And like, that was it. You know, like nothing, uh, there wasn't any other thing going on. And I hear what you're saying where, you know, some of the beats were a little bit weird. I was like crazy Cora. Okay. I was like, man, that character ended up like, wow, there was a whole lot there. And they seem to kind of gloss over that. And so I get what you're saying where it's kind of like, well, there were a whole bunch of plot threads that could have been ignored or handled more in depth. So I get what you're saying. And the way you described it, where it was like a series of one adventure after the other. Um, you know, I, I totally get what you're saying. Um, I, I, like I said, it didn't bother me because I, I just I like a good Western and not to imply that either of you don't. And that's not what I mean, but I like a good Western. And maybe it just came at the right time at the right place where I don't really want to think a lot. I just want to sit back and enjoy and I, I think it just clicked because I, I just really enjoyed it. Um, I could see myself flipping this on, you know, but then you mentioned it being like a TV movie. Like, yeah, you're flipping through it. Oh, man, quickly down under. Cool. I'll check this out. You know, there's going to be some fun stuff in here. Um, you could definitely, like you said, flipping around. You could walk into this at any point and rewatch it. You don't need to. And maybe, maybe I've just got sick of trying to figure out my virtual background on Zoom. Maybe I'm just tired of CGI. Maybe I don't know. Maybe any. It was so exciting to see real horses and real dudes on horses galloping down real cliffs. And uh, that horse chase was pretty fantastic. And like a real sailboat sailing. Uh, you know, I mean, just it, it was cool just to see real stuff and stunt people and cameras taking it all in. Like, I, I just found that very refreshing. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I would have to defer to some of our, our folks that are more expert on production values and camera angles and things like that. But like I said, I, uh, I just enjoyed just watching real stuff being filmed. If that makes any sense at all. You know what? I completely agree about that like the australia as another character was awesome yeah some of the vistas were very cinematic and beautiful oh yeah funny at this we started watching a an old TV show that's been around for a while but we're just now getting around to it um called uh, yellowstone okay with Kevin costner there's a lot of beautiful exteriors um and a lot of horses and real things happening and i totally get what you're saying uh, about that yeah. there is something to that we just don't get a lot of right now you know, right 
as excited as we are for the Mandalorian, we know how much of that is CGI. Mm-hmm. Right. And and they do a fantastic job with it. I mean, you oh, know, yeah. but it's it's nice just to see. It was just nice to sit back and watch this, you know. Agreed. There's a reason why every season of Star Trek had some kind of like 30s gangster episode and a 1800s Western episode. And, yeah, you know, yeah. every, every once in a while, you got to take a little bit of a break from the phasers and the other stuff. And well, and two, and two, it, it's fun. It's 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 fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can talk about Unforgiven being the anti-Western or the more realistic Western. But, you know, you also when you watch this. I mean, it, you're not, it's not dirty and yucky. It's just rugged. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're not worried about like tuberculosis and disease and all this other kind of stuff. Not because it didn't really exist back then, but within the confines of what this movie portrays, that's not a, that's not a concern, you know? So, I mean, I know full well that this isn't like a documentary look at so on and so forth. And so when I say real stuff, I, I mean, like, real boats and real stunts and real within the confines of a movie and CGI, you know, but I, but no, I, I get exactly what you're saying. And yeah, why am I saying this? I'm just agreeing with your point. Yeah. If you were going to go into a holodeck, what are you going to go back to? You're going to go back to one of these time periods as a fantasy, you know, you know, no one's going to want to go back to the middle ages and say, man, what's my adventure. I want to experience the black death. You know, I mean, it's uh, you want that fantasy aspect. And I, I think this movie really I think this movie had it. So. So kind of digging into the plot a little bit of this one. Um, Roy has uh, come over from the States and he's answered an ad to become an employee of uh, Marston. And this is for a sharpshooter. And I, I don't believe I'm trying to remember back to the ad. I don't believe the ad actually says why. They need a sharpshooter because I would imagine he probably would not have come over if he knew exactly what it was for. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he, he does make a point of saying that really his, you know, his true motive behind bringing in uh, needing a sharpshooter is to help hunt down the aborigines who I think his, his direct quote is they've learned to stay out of rifle range. Um, and so he needs someone who can shoot that long shot and, and do it accurately and uh, so, I mean, you, you kind of get the sense immediately that obviously, I mean, anybody Alan Rickman plays half the time is not going to be a good dude, um, particularly at this point. You know, after Die Hard, you have, um, you know, you've got this one, you've got uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Um, you know, he, he plays a good Tell villain. you twit, it'll yeah. hurt more. With a spoon. Um, and uh, this is a good one, too. I, I had pulled up some of the quotes on IMDb. And I did like his uh, after Quigley talks about the um, I, I will say they start talking about the gun and uh, Alan Rickman's character, Marston. He's like, ah, the legendary sharps. And then Quigley starts going into the, you know, your weapons. It's a lever action breech loader. Usual barrel links, 30 inches. This one has an extra. He starts going into that whole thing. And when he does start to go into that whole thing, what I'm picturing, and I, I got a chuckle out of this, um, is what I'm picturing is from uh, Army of Darkness. Mm-hmm. When Ash starts talking about his rifle. And he's like, he's, this is my boomstick. boomstick. <laughs> Actually, wait, here, I, I think I might have it right here. We can still. Now that's an ad. <laughs> Thought I had it. 
but it was an ad. Um, but that, that's exactly what I thought. As he starts going through and just starts listing off all the qualities of this rifle, and I'm like, to me, that's I, I feel like he should end it with shop smart, shop, shop. s smart. This is my boomstick. The 12 gauge double barreled Remington, s smart's top of the line. You can find this in the sporting goods department. That's right, this sweet baby was made in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Retails for about $109.95. It's got a walnut stock, cobalt blue steel, and a hair trigger. That's right, shop smart. Shop S-smart. As he's listing everything off, I'm like, all right, it's, this is not supposed to be funny, but... Right. He's finding it funny. Yeah. Uh, but then Alan Rickman's lines that he kind of follows that up with, he's like an experimental, I can't do a good Alan Rickman, but he's like an experimental weapon with experimental ammunition. You could call it that. Let's experiment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he yeah. just always, whether have you, some of the misgivings that I have, you know, about having after finishing the movie and being like, oh, okay, it, it wasn't what I was hoping it would be. Um, I don't think Alan Rickman is ever disappointed. Well, as as any character, but especially as a villain, uh, he is just such a good villain. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, yeah. So they have a, they have a bit of a bit of a tussle, uh, you could say, and um, he uh, he ends up throwing Marston once he finds out why he's really there. Uh, he ends up throwing Marston out of his own house, and that's kind of a fun scene because it's it, that part was funny in particular because you think of a lot of times in these westerns, you've got like the the evil boss, like he he's got his you know big posse of guys, and that guy tends to usually be untouchable, and it takes until the end of the movie for the hero to really kind of throw down with the big boss. Uh, this time he throws him out of his house what twice, three times, yeah. And he just, he like keeps going back in for more. And that, so that part to me was kind of funny. It was like, he gets thrown out the window the first time and then he goes running back in and all of a sudden he's back out again. And uh, so obviously they, they end up, uh, he's outnumbered. So they do end up uh, catching him and, and they take him and crazy Cora out to the, the middle of the desert and just drop him off. Um, not before they do kill two of uh, Marston's men. And then he's able to get his rifle back. And uh, from there, they kind of uh, they go they go about their way so that they can somehow get back and he can get his revenge on Marston uh, after he had left them for dead. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's kind of the and that's where when they eventually get picked up in the desert by the Aborigines and you've got that whole scene where they're kind of being healed by them and they're offering them the food. And we have like a, a temple of doom moment with not wanting to eat the natives food, um, which the irony that uh, Tom Selleck was originally the, the one that they wanted to play uh, Indiana Jones. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you, you kind of have some of those moments that I think was for me, that's where I kind of hoped this movie would have taken it just a little bit further was if the whole crux of this is that he hired him to bring him out so that he could shoot the Aborigines that are on his land. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of wished to distinguish itself from other Westerns at the time, I almost kind of wish it would have gone, you know, take that and run with it. Mm-hmm. Like make it a story about the Aborigines and what is it that they're being, you know, and, and, and tie it back to, um, you know, tie it back to the idea of the, you know, the, the native peoples here mm-hmm. during the Western years. Um, you know, I think you see some of that. Uh, you, you get some of that with a, a few other movies that came out later. Like you get a little bit of that from like, um, Last Samurai, 
Uh, you get that a little bit with um, what was the movie the the horse race one with uh, Viggo Mortensen Hidalgo. Hidalgo. Yep. Hidalgo. Yep. So I, I kind of wish they had taken that piece a little bit further. Like that for me, I think would have covered up a few of the blemishes if they had taken that piece and, and kind of run with it. Well, and even when you get started with the movie, it, it, um, it has a distinctive, distinctively Briscoe County junior feel to it. Yeah. Right. And even the music is kind of like, you know, bump, chicka, bump, chicka, bump. Mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of got that, that feel to tell you it's all lighthearted. I mean, even when he gets into the, the fight with the guys protecting crazy Cora, uh, even that the music tells you, Oh, it's just guys just out having a scuffle. That's no big deal. But later it's like, there's some pretty heavy plot threads, you know, obviously dealing with the Aboriginal population, dealing with crazy Cora and her backstory, him getting beat up, you know, all those intense things. And the music gets a little bit more intense and it's like, Oh, we're not happy fun. Like whoop de doo this is going to be fun. Yeehaw kind of thing. It's, it's, it's more serious. Um, Good soundtrack. I, I really loved listening to the music in it, but it's hard because it's kind of like, okay, well, what direction is this movie going? You know, what does this movie want to be? And I think along with plot, it's just there, there's two different moods in it and they, mm-hmm. they, they kind of, they mix as well as oil and water. So yeah, the, the tone was somewhere between lighthearted. I, I, I think you put it perfectly. It, it, it definitely had that Briscoe County junior feel to it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, that's, that's how we start the whole thing off. And I'm like, Oh, this is going to be kind of like a, you know, a little goofy with, uh, with like some Western stuff, uh, fit into it. And, um, but yeah, you, I mean, you get pretty serious. And then especially later on when you get, when the Aborigines get killed, Cora has to take that child with them. Um, mm-hmm. she ends up caring for the child. She goes into that whole story about how she smothered her own child, uh, trying yeah. to protect it from the, the natives that were attacking them, uh, back in America, um, you know, it, it gets into some pretty heavy stuff. You get the, the wife of the, the farmer that gets killed during the shootout later on. And so, yeah, I think that kind of threw me off and, and Bo, to your point of saying it was a little strange, that might've been part of it too, is kind of didn't know what tone this movie was going for. You know, not that the individual scenes weren't fun to watch and they weren't fun parts of a, of a Western, but overall as an entire movie, like. I, I don't know what this movie, like I think Pat, you, I think you just said it. I don't know what this movie wanted to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it had fun moments. It had fun individual pieces, but when you put the individual pieces together, I'm not sure that was good. Right. But not that you can't be entertained by it. Cause I, I was certainly entertained by the movie, but I don't know that I would say, and it had fun, it was fun quotes. It had fun segments. Um, but I think putting the segments together, I mean, it was, I think it was less than the sum of its parts. Yeah. So we do, uh, you know, they, they end up having a couple of different shootouts. They, they uh, get rid of some of Marston's men. Um, and then obviously we kind of have the, the final confrontation um, between Marston and Quigley. And they kind of, they set up a pistol duel um, uh, kind of thinking that Quigley is only good with his, uh, with his rifle, with his sharps rifle that he's got. So um, underestimated him a bit. And yeah, uh, that put proof to the putting of the phrase assume, you know, yes. that, that whole thing, you know, what happens when you assume. Yeah. You, you end up dead in the sand. I thought Tom Selleck was really good in this movie too. Yeah. You know, it was fun watching him. Boy, that was a great scene too. Mr. You're no, what was it? Uh, wild Bill. Was it wild? Um, Bill Hickok, right? I think that's what he said. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's just classic. I said I don't. I said I don't like them. Not that I'm no good with them. Right. Or I said I prefer. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of the. Uh, it was kind of the. I am not left-handed moment. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, and I think that's the fact that you bring back the Aborigines at the end as kind of the way of, you know, that them showing this overwhelming force when the British cavalry arrives and you think that Quigley is done for because you think that they're going to take Quigley away. And then all of a sudden the Aborigines show up and you're like, um, all right, I, I think we're just going to leave them here. We're going to, we're going to turn around and start marching this way. Um, yeah, I, I think to have that, that I feel like would have led more credence to having the Aborigines be a bigger, more integral part of the story than I think that they were. Right. So, well, you don't really even see why are they helping him out? Right. Other than you see that they spent some time with them. Yeah. Um, you know, and they cared for one of their children, which, I mean, I guess, I guess that can be enough, but I I guess I just kind of wanted a little bit more from that part of the story. Well, especially when we came off dances with wolves. Right. Which this right. was not intended to be Dances with Wolves. So, I mean, I don't want to be like holding it to a a higher regard than what it intends to be. But, you know, I there's just it, there was some stuff that we wanted to see more of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say. And I, I think I've mentioned this one. Um, I think I mentioned this one before. And I would say if you are interested, if the idea of. Australia and, and what has happened to the Aborigine people. Um, if that's something that interests you, there is a really good movie. I, I think I've only seen it once or twice, but I just remember it being a really good movie um, starring Kenneth Branagh. Um, it's called rabbit proof fence. And uh, I think kind of the basic, I was going to pull it up here on, on Wikipedia or somewhere. Um, the basic idea is, Oh, here it is. Um, loosely based on a true story concerning the author's mother, Molly, as well as two other mixed race Aboriginal girls, Daisy and Gracie, who escaped from the Moore River native settlement north of Perth in Western Australia to return to their Aboriginal families after being placed there in 1931. The film follows the Aboriginal girls as they walk for nine weeks along 1,500 miles of the Australian rabbit-proof fence to return to their community at Jigalong while being pursued by white law enforcement authorities and an Aboriginal tracker. So, um, and you kind of get to see, you kind of get to see the struggles of, I I think these, these girls, uh, were in this, uh, settlement because they were in kind of a, um, I believe it was like a, like a reeducation camp. And the idea was that they were going to be taught, um, they were going to be taught the white people's religion. They were going to be taught to dress the way that, um, you know, the white Australians were dressing and. Um, you know, to try to kind of take away their native culture, basically. Uh, but a really good movie. So, I mean, if that's something that, that sounds interesting to you, that would be a good one to check out called Rabbit Proof Fence. Um, but yeah, no, I, this one, it's, it's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. It's a fun Western. Um, for my part, I just, I, I think I felt like there was a lot of story that was missing. You know, mm-hmm. good pieces, maybe not a great hole. Yeah. I'm nodding. I'm nodding on the audio medium. Sorry. But oh, yeah, I'm like hundred percent. I yeah. agree with what both you guys are saying. But Tom Selleck fun, Alan Rickman fun, Laura's, uh, Laura San Giacomo, everybody in this, like all great characters. Oh yeah. Not a single one of them, I think falls short in terms of their character and the acting and yeah. Yeah. Great music, great scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
it's good stuff. Well, like Bo, like Bo said earlier, it's like, I mean, Australia is basically a character in this movie. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, do we have any final thoughts about the movie before we jump into three questions? A good Western, you know, yeah. nothing against it. Just, it's kind of choppy. Yeah. All right. It's time for three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, three questions. We're quickly down under. Uh, Question number one, what is your favorite Tom Selleck role? And I realize when I sent this to you guys, I put favorite Tom Selleck movie, but Pat, I know you're a big fan of Blue Bloods, so I decided Mm -hmm. to change it to favorite Tom Selleck role so you didn't feel like you're limited to just movie roles. (laughs) Great, so now- now, So now now I've I've ruined everything for you. Thanks a lot, man. Mm -hmm. Hey, and by the way, um, now that I'm talking about Westerns, I might have a few more movies that on the new website to add into my top three. (laughs) I might have a couple, two, three more movies to put in my top three. I've got about six more to add to my top three. (laughs) No, I know. Thanks. That's what we call pulling a mazooka. (laughs) All right. That's right. That's right. (sighs) We love you, Jeff. We do love Jeff. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. All right. So favorite Tom Selleck role. Uh, for me, it's got to be Magnum P.I. Mm. Yeah. I can't sing the whole guitar riff the right way. That's all right. You got close enough. You know, you get the idea. Between your Magnum P.I. and Bo's Ice Ice Baby, I think it's been a great episode. <laughs> it's been fan-freaking-tastic. <laughs> it's great, guys. Let's let's just call in tomorrow. Yeah. You ever had shawarma? That's right. There's, there's <laughs> great shawarma around the corner. Okay. <laughs> Okay, three questions, but but shawarma after. That's right. Okay. Uh, All right, Patrick, what do you got? Uh, what do I got? Oh man, uh, you know what? I, I, I. How much do you love Tom Selleck? Yeah, I love Tom Selleck. You know, I love the stuff that that, that he's in. I mean, he's he's a he's a cool guy. I, I'd have to say Magnum PI. I mean, that's kind of like growing up. That was, you know. I was watching that thing all the time. That was, that's a great show. Um, I'm a big fan of blue bloods though. And I, I like his character. Um, I like his character in there, you know, and it's uh, yeah. So I guess I'll leave it at that. You know, I'd love to, I'd love to second bows and say Magnum PI, but I mean, to get, to get another character on there, I'd say, I'd say blue bloods. So for me, I mean, I, I did, I did watch Magnum PI occasionally, but it was not, uh, not religiously. And okay. so for me, I would, I think one of my favorite characters of his is probably from the three men and a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it a, she did a doodle. It's your turn to change her. I'll give you a thousand dollars if you'll do it. <laughs> I, I, I love his character in that movie. Um, yeah. I, I think I got to go that one. Three men and a baby. Nice. Cause and we talked about it when we did that episode, but it's like, you have these guys that are like, except for Steve Gutenberg. Um, you've got these guys that are like men. You have, you have Ted Danson, you've got Tom Selleck and uh, they're changing a baby's diaper. 
Mm-hmm. I think we talked about it at the time. It's like this, this very much in the eighties and you, um, you know, you, you, you got, you were kind of swinging away a little bit from men have to be these macho, you know, Chuck Norris type characters into, uh, you can still be that, but then you can also change a baby's diaper too. Mm-hmm. And it's totally okay. All right. Well, question number two, question number two. Oh, my wife texted me and said that is the correct answer. <laughs> so, so just so you know, you guys are all wrong. Mine was the correct answer. It happens. Okay. I, I, you know, I just, I just, I just want you to know everything you're doing is wrong. Um, all right. So question number two, favorite movie that features a sharpshooter. Okay. Now I just, I want let everybody listening to know, uh, if you look at the timestamp on the episode right now, you'll notice that we are probably only about halfway through the episode. Once I let Pat start talking about his favorite movie that features a sharpshooter, there will probably be another hour left of this episode. So just in case you need to take a break or in case, you know, your drive to work doesn't take three hours, um, just be aware this might be a good time to pause and take a break. Okay. Favorite movie that features a sharpshooter, Pat, go. Oh, you want me to go first? Yeah, go for it. Ah, well, okay. Like if we're going, if we're going, you know, what 18 sh- movies did you narrow it down to? What 18 movies? <laughs> well, I'll keep it simple. I mean, on a serious side, I mean, I think American sniper is a pretty, uh, pretty, very, very good stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think that's a pretty amazing movie. Um, let me jump, j- jump to the other extreme that was it 1950s or 1960s Davy Crockett. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of feature, you know, he, he had, he pulled off some incredible uh, long distance shots uh, with that um, enemy at the gate is, you know, we'll, we'll uh, go right in the middle then between American sniper and Davy Crockett and then enemy at the gates. Did anybody, any of you guys see that one? Oh yeah. The, yeah. The dramatization of the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's pretty amazing. Um you know, saving private Ryan's got some pretty incredible sequences where they show, you know, how a sniper fits into that squad that they took, um, into the, uh, you know, into, you know, into further mission and all that kind of thing. Um, I'm just kind of going now, like I'm just, I'm just going through all the lists. I am afraid I might step on, I might step on some toes. Bo, have I hit anything or John, anything that you guys were going to mention? I've got one that I was... I'm thinking you might say, and I don't know if I want to, I, I don't know if I want to steal it out from you. Or my my well, mine were either going to be Enemy at the Gates or Saving Private Ryan. Okay. What's yeah. his name? Is his private so I went, Private Jackson? I, went a I think is the different route. So I'm going to see if I'm going to guess which where I route you went. Uh, I okay, can, go for it. I'm a, well, no, okay. I don't know what. All right, you Pat, you take your guess, and then I'm going to take my guess. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, good one, but not where I was, not where I ended up. Oh, okay. see, I, I was going to go with the assassin at the end of Star Trek Six. Also good. Okay. Oh, both. So very good. No, right. I was point blank. Oh. Okay. Nice. That's a good one. First thing I thought of, I was like, sharpshooter. It's kind of hard. Oh, no. I got it. <laughs> nice. I didn't even think about that one. That's awesome. Very nice. Um, no, th- those are the ones. Yeah. that's the, Those are the ones that I'm thinking of. Um, you know, anything else really is, you know, you got movies where, you know, there's a guy that's supposed to be like, you know, a crack shot 
right? You know, a quick draw, mm-hmm. something like that. Or, you know, you've got, I mean, you could go lethal weapon. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he was supposed, I think, wasn't he supposed to be a sniper? Yeah, he mm-hmm. was like, I think, wasn't, wasn't yeah. Riggs yeah. supposed to be a, a, a sniper? And, um, you know, of course, he's always doing ridiculous things with like a nine millimeter pistol. He's got a helicopter at like a thousand yards or something. I mean, it's right. like that kind of stuff. But, um, um, you know, I think like that's supposed to be him is that, you know, he's, you know, pretty fantastic shot. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much all the ones that I can think of where it's an actual, you know, you're talking about like a sharpshooter or, you know, like a real long range kind of shooter. And I, I think, I think it's hard. And I think you saw this in the movie American Sniper is that, you know, it's kind of the, the, I think as we have a society, you know, it's easy to fall into the top guns and the iron Eagles and all those where you're flying the plane and it's not really a, another human being, right. You know, it's kind of not to say there's anything wrong with this, but obviously, you know, it's like the star Wars thing where you're fighting like maskless stormtroopers or something like that, you know? And, uh, even if you do something like, um, you know, like a, like a war movie, it's always the sniper is portrayed as the bad guy, you know, someone hiding in the trees or hiding in a building or something like that. And, you know, I think it's, it might be harder for some segments of society to stomach the fact that, you know, war isn't like super pretty. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of one aspect of it. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's harder obviously within the frame of like a Western or like a, an ex- league of extraordinary gentlemen or something, you can show like sharpshooters as, you know, the, it can not necessarily heroic, but you're amazed by the skill, you know, like this scene where he's like, yep, that's far enough with the bucket. And then he shoots the thing over the, you know, he shoots the thing over the hill or whatever, you know, that's, that's kind of cool. But once you get into war movies and it's like, you start seeing what the sniper, the, the sharpshooter aspect of it is, is it's, you know, it's, it's pretty raw. I mean, there's not too much, there's nowhere to really hide in the storytelling of just saying it's, you know, what the, what the purpose is. So. Okay. I changed my mind. Which <laughs> I, I, I said either I couldn't decide between enemy at the gate or saving private Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with one of my favorite sharpshooting scenes in a movie. Mm-hmm. And it's a movie written by James Gunn of uh, guardians mm-hmm. of the galaxy fame directed by Zack Snyder of the Justice League Man of Steel fame and 300. I'm going to go with the 2004 Dawn of the Dead. Very nice. <laughs> because there is a hilarious scene. Have you guys seen that one? I have it's not. It's been a long time, but yes. There is a I hilarious scene where you've got these you've got these people. I think they're on like opposite ends of the mall or the buildings that they're on. And one of them at the far end is holding up. He's writing down names on a whiteboard and he's holding it up. And then the guy with the sniper rifle through the scope can read what he wrote on the whiteboard. And basically what he's doing is he's writing down names of celebrities and he wants the guy with the sniper rifle to find the zombie that looks like that celebrity and shoot him. (laughs) So I think the one he holds up is like Burt Reynolds. And so then he's like, you know, through his scope, he's looking, he's looking, and then he finds a zombie that looks like he's got the mustache. He looks like Burt Reynolds and bam, he's got him. Mm -hmm. So that's the one I'm going to go with because I remember seeing that in the theater and thinking that was hilarious. Yeah. So that's my choice. A little less um, 
dramatically rich than Enemy at the Gates or Saving Private Ryan, but yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't care. Any of you guys see uh, Captain Phillips? Yeah. No, I haven't seen that one. Oh, do you know the story of uh, Captain Phillips? I believe so. I mean, like, well, I was going to say beyond the whole piracy thing, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that I mean, the movie is about so much more, but that end sequence is pretty. Uh, that end sequence is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll have to watch it. That was one of those. It was on my list to see at some point. I just I don't. Depending on what year it came out, might have been yeah. one of the years. Might have been one of the years the kids were born. Yeah, Captain oh. Phillips is is worth a watch. <clears throat> you know, there, there's always you know Navy SEALs because you got the sniper in that one. Codename yeah. God. Or call sign God. God, yeah. we need fire. We need suppressing fire. Yeah. This is God. After they, after, yeah, that was I a know, good one. After I they know, made the Star Wars comment, I just don't know. I know, I'm sorry. I know no. it's, it might be a bridge too far. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> no, I did like, I thought that was funny that his code name was God. Um, yeah. That was, that was pretty good. Yeah. All right. Question number three. Favorite movie where an American travels overseas and becomes the hero. And I might disqualify you from using Temple of Doom so we don't get into an argument. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I got mine. Mine was very, very easy. I really like this movie. I have not watched it in many years. It needs to be rewatched sometime very soon. I'm going to go with The Last Samurai. Very nice. Great movie. I very much like that movie. Mine's a little bit of a stretch, but he does go overseas and he is a hero overseas. Um, at the beginning of the movie, Patriot Game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Good call. Really good call. Um, All right, Pat, you're in a boat. Are you headed overseas to become a hero? Yeah. Can I say uh, Robin Hood, uh, Prince of Thieves? Or does that not? He's not American. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going I mean, by the accent. You're I, right. Yeah. Um, uh, no, seriously. Uh, <laughs> Don't worry. When we get to rescuers down under next week, we're going to talk all about how there are no Australian accents in an Australian movie. I know, except for the little, uh, well, spoilers. Right. Except for, except for the one Australian mouse in yeah. Australia. No one else has yeah. an Australian accent. Yeah, we'll we'll what get there. The, That's next week. What, what is the story of an American that goes overseas and is the hero. I like Patriot games. That's really good. Um, uh, let me see. How about the great escape? Hmm. Got three yeah. Americans in the camp. Yeah. There you go. Does that, that w- count? Sure. That works. Sure. Yeah. The whole run of Hogan's heroes. Whole run of Hogan's yeah. heroes. <laughs> That's true. How about any of the Mission Impossibles? Yeah, you could put yeah. those in. Man, I could watch Tom Cruise bust a move all day. <laughs> that guy's pretty amazing. Pat, I just want to point out, and this you know, it's times like this that I kind of wish we had a YouTube channel and that we were in a video podcast. The way that you're sitting makes it look like you're sitting on the side of the boat. <laughs> I've been kind of, you know, I've been kind of playing around with it, trying yeah. to figure that whole thing out. Yeah, you look like you're just kind of sitting there waiting to go fishing or something. <laughs> I need a bigger boat. Mm, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've worked it out with the students where when I'm uh, teaching class like that, if I have to go get something, I've got it so I can duck down in the camera and it looks like I go in the cabin. Nice. 
There you go. Uh, my, my current background is just, it's my pandemic response right now. Yeah. Terrified beaker. Something's yeah. going to explode in my face at any moment. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of, remo- I'm kind of reminded of the movie Black Hawk Down when the two characters are sitting there trying to put everything in perspective and the one just sits there and says, you know what I think? I don't think it really matters what I think. <laughs> and that's, that's I, from now on, I think that's just going to be kind of my, my that's, response with everything. That's what every day feels like. Yep. I've got, yeah, I've, I've got that pre-programmed into mm. my uh, feedback forms that go up on the, uh, <laughs> just, yeah, wherever feedback forms are posted. doesn't really matter what I think. All right. Yeah. Well, I think that's, oh, did you pick your, did you pick yours? I think I did. I can't okay. remember what it was. What I, you, was it? I don't know. You rattled off about six or seven of them, so I think you're probably good. I was just naming movies. What yeah. was the third question? It was uh, the movie where the American travels overseas and becomes a hero. What was the first question? First question was favorite Tom Selleck role. Oh, wow. Second was second was, was the sharpshooter. I thought yeah. that was last week's. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I gave you questions that it was you're probably going to take you like 18 hours to answer. So I know. Because you have, you have so many options in mind. All, All right. right. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the 30-something movie podcast. Um, if you want to check out other episodes of our show, go to 30podcast.com. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all those different places. Uh, if you want to leave us a voicemail, there's a couple different ways to do that. We do have a voicemail line that we've had up for years, ever since we got started. Uh, it's 872-356-6843. However, with our new website, if you go to the website, either on your mobile device or on a computer, there is, uh, should be kind of in the bottom right-hand corner, there's a little icon of a microphone. Uh, You can click on that and you can just record a voicemail right there. Um, I think it's limited to about two minutes, um, but you can just record one right there if you'd like to. If you don't want to make the phone call, uh, don't want to have to remember the phone number, just head to 30podcast.com and you'll be able to do that from there. Our next episode's coming up. We're continuing our tribute to Australia Month with Rescuers Down Under, the Disney cartoon. Following that up with a movie that has nothing to do with Australia, as far as I know, called Men at Work. And then we're finishing the month with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Coming Out of Their Shells tour. Um, in the midst of all that, we have our November Patreon exclusive. So if you are supporting us at any level on Patreon, you will have access to a monthly members-only podcast, and this month is the Empire Strikes Back, the 40th anniversary Empire Strikes Back episode. That was a fun one to talk about. I think we wow. spent the first hour talking about Hoth. I, I know. That was outstanding. Because mm-hmm. I had all my notes, and I was like, man, we got to, we got to talk about this, we got to talk about this. And, and then we just kind of got stuck on Hoth for a really long time, and I'm like, Yeah. We might have to speed through some other stuff here because. <laughs> did, did stuff get cheated? Now I'm going to feel bad. Hmm? Did stuff get cheated? Well, I mean, there were certain things that we didn't get a chance to talk about. You te- I think you texted later and you're like, hey, guys, Cliff Clavin, he was in Hoth. He was on Hoth and he was, you know, some yeah. of that kind of stuff. But, yeah, you know, Bummer. it's all right. We didn't talk about the, the we didn't talk about the uh, the cast and crew staying in the ice hotel. Um, didn't talk about any of that stuff. Yeah, there was so much other stuff we could have talked about. We could have recorded for probably like 20 some hours and still not covered everything. Should we have a part two? Uh, we could. We Should could. have a part two, man. We could. We could think about that. 
Um, and then if you are looking ahead to December, December is our Mutants and Rebels month, because that's what I think of when I think of December, Mutants and Rebels. Um, and in our Mutants and Rebels month, we've got Edward Scissorhands, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, Pump Up the Volume, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So that's what we got coming up for the last little bit here of 1990 before we head into 1991 here in just like about a month and a half or so. We'll be heading into our next year for the podcast. So um, that is going to do it for us here this evening. Um, so thank you, both. Thank you, Pat, for being here with me. Thank you, John. Thanks, John. All right, everybody. I was going to do this in an Australian accent, but I, I still I don't want to lose listeners. So I'm just I'm just I don't think I'm going to do it. All right, everybody be excellent with each other. Go watch some good movies and we'll see you back here next time. Mate.